episode 17 of the Weebology podcast. How are you doing there, Rick? Pretty good. Our podcast is almost legal. <laughs> bad. I don't think so. I don't think it's that bad. I might ask RoboPat to delete this. No, don't, no the whole thing? Just yeah, drop the whole I hour? I think we should just start over. You want to start over? Here, lead us out. Lead us out. All right. <laughs> no, we're not starting <laughs> over. I ain't got time for that. Got time for that shit. So what are we talking about today, Rick? So we are going to talk about Cape Baldy, the hero for fun, our main man, Saitama, and One Piece. Both seasons. One Piece? Can we start this over? <laughs> no. Let's start the I'm whole thing over. It. You leave the whole thing in? Uh-huh. Oh, man. This hurts. One Punch Man. I'm off my game today, y'all. I, I actually wanted to, the lead up because I was thinking on the car ride here that we had. <laughs> like, I was. I was le- thinking about a bunch of random shit in the car ride here. And that as anime gets more mainstream and shows like One Punch Man come up, I'm. do you think there's going to be like brotakus? Like super kind of like broy dudes that are going to be talking about anime and more of like people talk about sports and stuff like that. Like, bro, did you see that new Black Clover episode last night? Dude, so fucking hype, dude! Like, I mean, that's how we talk about it. So I think. So we're are we? Are here. we pioneering a whole new, a whole yes. new uh, group of human beings? I love we that. Are. So we're talking about Saitama in One Piece. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, uh, I wonder if you noticed that he made that mistake. <laughs> I'm glad that you called me out on it because I am. I'm in such a daze right now too. Um, but okay. yeah. So we just came off of season two of one punch man one punch man not one piece man one piece man uh one (laughs) One punch Punch man Man. um so as we are sitting here today that season has completed its run Mm -hmm. so hopefully by the time this does come out everyone listening will have watched the whole thing because this might be uh some a little spoiler heavy that's one thing i was thinking of too is there really spoilers in one punch man like is there really a no but in one piece man there is one piece man there's there's a whole plot line that we just can't spoil it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece um but it doesn't feel like there's enough of a plot even in its plot heavy season two it doesn't feel like that there is something to be spoiled right like even if you told how the season ended what do you what what, what in the overarching story have you really ruined so to speak you know yeah, so it was pretty interesting. The season felt really fast. Yeah, and they're they're like they packed a lot of chapters in each one of those episodes. Right, they had a lot of events to cover. Um, I honestly was surprised they stopped as early in the entire Garo saga as they did, despite right. going so fast. Um, but but what did you think about the season overall compared to season one? Sure. So I want to start off by basically memeing on all of you who thought season two was going to be bad and he's looking dead I think, right in my face i think everyone needs to get off their high horse get up off your high horse and watch some big <laughs> anime because that joke was good it was really good and to those of you in that camp don't worry you have kinship in me because <laughs> i was squarely in that camp I mean, coming off of season one, there is no dispute it's going down in history as one of the best action anime seasons of all time. And I think it uh, that alone gave it reach outside of the general anime com- community even as high as same thing like Attack on Titan did season one. Not quite, but it's in the same camp. Um, but season two... You know, I gotta, I gotta give it to my boy Ethan. He nailed it from literally day one. The plot carried it heavily. Like, it was a 
Y'all can't Great. see me, but I'm wiggling my eyebrows right now because I just we absolutely might have to go to the hospital. Are you having a stroke? Do you smell burnt toast? <laughs> Almonds? Almonds? Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> we learned about that. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say, you know, one big difference between season one and season two to me felt like pacing. Yeah. I don't know about you, but from what we just talked about, I think you probably felt the same way. Season two felt like a damn mad sprint. I think what that could be caused by was it felt the season one felt very monster of the week you know each episode had a a kind of isolated box of scaling stakes and then Saitama coming in and subverting any kind of payoff just punching literally any kind of adversity out like there the only I, I kind of felt like it was more slice of life Right. But he's a superhero. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So the, a slice of like kind of episodic, almost sitcom-y kind of thing. Because right. the, that's what it is. Like a monster of the week. The situation started, escalated, and resolved itself at the end of every episode. I think the only time it didn't was at the very end when there was a Bor- the Boros invasion. And the Dark Matter um, group invaded Earth. And that was the only time that you had a multi-episode situation that needed resolving. And I only think it was like two or three episodes. Exactly. So it's still that in this, in that same kind of realm. Season two did not really feel this way. I felt like it was also a massive tone shift. How do you, how do you figure? So in season one, like we're saying, it was like kind of a slower pace feeling. I think, you know, there you're learning about Saitama, right? Mm-hmm. And you're learning about all this like, all the other heroes, like it's just a very like educational, slow paced season. Okay. And the benefit that they had in season two was everybody gets it. Like everybody knows what's going on basically. So now all we got to do is like some dope ass fights or introduce more of the like periphery characters. Right. I think one thing that is really interesting to me so far is season one, a my mask shows up for one episode and they kind of tout him as being like kind of a I don't know like a frenemy type deal. Yeah, he's he was very kind of off putting. Yeah, it was like weird towards as hell. Genos, and he's pretty bitter. I bet. Do you, do you, it didn't really feel like he was bitter at Genos for getting S class right off the right off the bat because he was he's uh, class A rank one, right? He's at the top tippy top of A, but he's not S. To me, it seems like he's more of like a Fabuki character where he's staying there on purpose to be like rank one A. Yeah, because he has all that uh, celebrity stuff on the side, right? Yeah, because he's like disgustingly strong. But anyway, what I what I mean to say is, he didn't even show up in season two, and he was only in that one episode in season one. Mm-hmm. But I know farther along in the manga, he does come back and plays a role. So it's really interesting to me that they're just like they're sitting on this freaking gold mine and waiting for that junk to happen. <laughs> and, that, and that was a good thing you brought up about the periphery characters, because if you noticed. Saitama really didn't show up mu- as much as he was in the first season right. at all in the second. And if he did, he wasn't necessarily even shown punching things. I think that the writers, or at least one who wrote it initially, understood that we get, it's like you said, we get the gist. <laughs> that This man can punch things. He can punch <laughs> things like a god. Like really hard. Really, really hard. <laughs> and we already had a whole season of him doing that. Do you feel that you know they wore off like the writer wore off on him because that was the case the audience just got the gist at that point i i almost felt like i wanted to see even though season one was like okay we now know when we're introducing you to this super strong character 
I wanted more of that. I think I wanted a little more of Saitama punching punching some shit, you know? Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, there was a couple really, really cool parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, his fight with Suryu was really cool, even though in the manga it's, like, twice as long. Yeah. His fight with uh, Elder Centipede was kind of cool. That was super cool. That whole fight with, with Bang and Boom was yeah. his name. Awesome, awesome fight. So but cool. I think what they're doing now is they're setting up for, I guess, season three or season two part two it just sounds it's probably what they're doing to me it has to be a season two part two right i don't know if you can just say well that was a full season because it kind of stuff happened but like i feel like this season was just a setup for stakes because Mm -hmm. now you've noticed like they came in and basically unless you're like top 10 of s class you're useless against these monster association yeah which was really cool that was super cool i want to get to that in a second when we start talking about monsters and villains because this season did a lot of lot more cool things with that, but um, I I'm trying to find the words about what something about whole Saitama's lack of role. It felt right, but it really didn't give me the cathartic payoff of watching it like I was hoping for. You know, season one felt like this massive cathartic release. It was totally submer- like uh, subverting the entire shonen genre. It was making fun of a lot of other genres and shows, and I thought that was super cool. Do you feel that the addition of an overarching plot line like they did, they started in season two, kind of got away from the magic? Yeah, I mean, like I'm saying, it's a little bit of the tone. I think season one was just hilarious every episode. It was really funny. And you watch dub, right? Yeah. The, that I rewatched it in dub about a month or two ago, and that dub is hysterical. Saitama's voice is just consecutive normal punches yeah. it's so apathetic it was really really good i, I don't know something but about there was it some dumb funny parts in season two. Oh yeah there some of them were really funny like him trying to beat king at anything video games yeah that it, was funny i think they really so i'll just say i think in season two the reason maybe you felt it wasn't as payoffy is now they had to build up garo because yes. they basically, he's out of nowhere, right? And most episodes were related to Garo and like maybe his backstory and try to build him up. Though I talked to Robopat yesterday and he was saying he was really having a hard time with Garo as a character because it's like. Really? Well, it like, and I kind of agree with him here. Like they gave him no real reason to want to fight heroes other than because uh, monsters always lose. So let's you know what let's do it let's get in let's get into Garo first off what an awesome character he's yeah, amazing he's dope. yeah he, so who was he let's just quickly so Garo was uh Master Bangs he's an S class high S class hero rank three um and Bang Silver Feng Silver Fengu is his uh <laughs> hero name and he owns a dojo because he is the proprietor of a certain martial art technique flowing water crushing rock. And he had his own dojo to teach people, and his best student went rogue after trying to acquire strength and power. And that student was Garo. Now, as Ethan had said, he is a hero hunter. He's He kind of wants to eliminate the entire concept and structure of the Hero Association. Why? So why does he, Ethan? Why? What's his whole grand philosophy? Yeah, I mean, this is the really <laughs> the the tricky part. It sounds like he's just growing up. They would always play monsters and heroes, and they would always pick him as the monster and just kick the shit out of him. <laughs> because he always rooted for the monster on any like justice right. man. Justice man was getting uh, his ass beat by the villain or the monster, and he was rooting for that. 
Um, but there was so I at first believed this that like what the he's just some kid who's whiny and he just just is super strong about it now and he's still bitching to this day yeah. about oh monsters get the bad end of the deal ooh ooh <laughs> no so I thought that too until there was a quote he said um in a flashback when he was a kid that the monster like that crab monster or something was just trying to like protect his eggs and wants to keep the ocean clean. And it kind of started to click that this season does a really good job of making the monsters or the evil or whatever opposing force against the heroes. Kind of humanizing it. Exactly. It humanizes it in a way that's that kind of he is making the waters muddied, so to speak. It's not so black and white through his eyes. However, the Monsters Association is still pretty evil like there is an undeniable okay you guys suck here yeah and and i'd say that that's always a morally gray area right like obviously humans do a lot of bad things in the world oh they dude. kill a bunch of animals whatever Wait, what, do you, what do you mean i don't, I don't monsters, know monsters yada yada i don't know what you mean but we're perfect pinnacles of uh of well i mean yeah but we are the top of the you know food chain right and so anytime somebody attacks a human or kills a human we instantly are like kill him you know so like drop him body him now i mean it's kind of like a perspective thing for the monsters and humans type situation right so i just i mean obviously it's like a morally gray area because you know in in our world we have consciences and we can speak and stuff like that and animals can't so right. it's less of a like well they're clearly like not cognizant of what's going on it's fine yeah but in this whatever. world monsters still can like think and have feelings and shit like that so it's somewhere like, somewhere right now a PETA agent is like shaking like <laughs> who just what what just happened i heard somebody disrespect nature and animals sorry they'll 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 contact us on our uh on our gmail we'll talk we'll talk to you PETA. but um yeah but uh our gmail is <laughs> um do not contact at gmail.com dot eu dot gov dot org uh, dot iso dot iso <laughs> dot mp4 <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah so i i think it was it was an awesome kind of uh dichotomy between the way garo sees villains and how the villains or how garo saw monsters and how monsters acted in reality because he kind of humanized them in his own eyes but the monsters a good scene for that is when they send that messenger into the hero association boardroom almost and at first, it sounded like it was right after Garo had explained a little bit about what he sees in monsters and why he wants to hunt heroes. Um, and then the monster comes in and says, we just want somewhere to live. We just want this. We just want that. <laughs> and you're like, almost, if you know nothing about the story, you're like, okay, this could be an interesting philosophy kind of thing. Boom. No. Kills them. Shoots a guy dead right in the room. Oh, you idiots almost fell for that, you peasants. Yeah. We're coming to kill you just for funsies. Bye. And then like, our then that just makes him. It's it's, it's so interesting. The best hero was then uh, introduced to the story. Oh, super alley man. Yes, he is so buff. <laughs> <laughs> He's essentially a bodybuilder with a body of steel. Yeah, it's they literally tried to shoot him, and the bullets were bouncing off his muscles. <laughs> his abs, specifically, an actual wall of steel. He's stronger than Puri Puri Prisoner. Is he really? Is yeah, that, man. Is that in the stats? Yeah, I guess dude. he's ranked higher, isn't he? He's the number one for just physical stats. That's oh, we got a cool. Yeah, we. I guess we can go through some of the cool characters from this season. Yeah, hit hit with some. Uh, 
obviously we talked about Siryu yeah. from the from the martial arts tournament. Let's get into him. He is awesome. I uh, he could be my favorite introduced character. I think so too, and I and I think the big reason why is he is what Saitama probably was at one point during his transformation. Insanely strong, but like still has places to go. Right. And the coolest line in the entire show, mm-hmm. I think you can you can tell it, but Saitama says to him while they're fighting, as he said that I just want to have fun by being strong, live an easy life, and Saitama looks at him and says, "If you want to just have fun, don't get any stronger than you are right now." And almost mollywops his ass. And what he does then is he punches him from across the stage without even getting close to him and knocks all his clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> totally rips those bitches to shreds. Yeah. But I, I think you, in my it's opinion. the philosophy of Saitama. I think so. I think that's actually where Saitama could have ended up because he always still felt driven to go beyond anyway. He was unsure. At some point, he could have deviated and said, still gotten stronger, but... I don't think Saitama doesn't, didn't seem like the god to have wanted an easy life. He always wanted, because if he really wanted an easy life, he'd probably be still good at good with being this strong, you know? Really being this yeah, strong. Yeah, what I think Saitama's deal is, is he's kind of out there just trying to have fun, like he says, right? But uh-huh. to him, that means like there is a struggle for him. Right. He, Saitama enjoys the climb while Siryu enjoys the summit. That's really what it is. Well, and I think a lot of it, like the philosophy of the situation is Siryu doesn't know what the summit feels like and Saitama does. That's a, so that's that's a really good he's, point. He's imparting that, that knowledge to him. He says, look, if you really want to like have fun, mm-hmm. then stop here. If you want to have the easy life, you know, catch up. Yeah. I like the juxtaposition too of Siryu having like a full head of hair. Yeah, and Saitama, who has climbed to that summit, having just nothing. It's cold up there, buddy, and it'll freeze your actual hair yeah. off. So, uh, I-, I liked him, and then he gets his ass beat by a villain, and you Goketsu, know, Getsu, the previous uh, year's tournament winner. Yeah, and that was so cool to me because he was faced by an insurmountable wall, seemingly insurmountable, and he saw how strong Saitama could be, and. I don't know. I don't know if that changed him for the better. To this day, I don't even know if it changed him for the better. You know. Do you think that maybe Siryu will get stronger? Do you think Siryu is just gonna stop trying to be strong to live an easy life? I don't know. I'm unsure. I kind of want. I kind of want to see where his story goes. You know. I don't know. I think he played his part in the story, and I don't necessarily know that I need him to come back. What I would like him to do, obviously, is to like transfer into being a hero. Because mm-hmm. I think that was also another kind of character part of him, is he was laughing at all the heroes because they're so much weaker than him. Right, so we all found him you know, inferior. So he was like, this entire system's stupid. These A-level heroes are getting their asses beat by me and all these monsters. But then once he's like in these battles and he shits on all the low-level monsters and then they're still there trying to protect him and like help him run away, which his first instinct is to run away. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the hero's instinct is to go try to help him and like jump in and deal with it. Well, he then realizes, wow, heroes like actually care and they're like trying to do something. Yeah. So then when they get mollywopped, and then he gets mollywopped, and he starts thinking, like, oh, my God, I need somebody to come save me. I it's need a hero. Mayhem out here. 
<laughs> and he uh, he screams out for uh, old Saitama Desne. He actually does start singing I Need a Hero right in the middle of bleeding out. And uh, Saitama, I heard your cries. That was singing. <laughs> no, oh, okay. That was awful, but I'll save you, I guess. Yeah, stick to fighting, kids. Singing's not your thing. Um, another cool character, I think, is King. King was so cool. King was super cool. So you want to you run down what King's kind of whole shtick is? Sure. So he is considered the strongest man in the world by Undisputed. Everyone. Undisputed. Somehow still like rank six in S tier. Well, Bla- so Blast, I think, is obviously the strongest. Right. Because he's rank one. Yes. But they're calling King the strongest man alive. I don't know if that's playing on something with Blast. Maybe. But- yeah, because I think, isn't Metal Knight 5? Yeah. Yeah, so there's other things above that's like... But Bang is three, so I don't get it. He's not a man. He's yeah. a god. <laughs> Bang is a god. Anyway, so uh, King's whole deal is he's got this thing called the King Engine. And what is that, Ethan? So it's basically his heart starts beating really loud because he's so scared. <laughs> he's so scared because and, this dude's a fraud. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gotten like the most lucky out of anything. Basically, he'll show up at a fight where like demons are or monsters on accident like he doesn't even mean to go there yeah saitama will kill them and he'll get the credit for it and he has just been racking up apparently he's just been racking up saitama and other high level heroes achievements for years now (laughs) so i did he's got the most intimidating face yes ever that's that's kind of part of it so everyone thinks he's the one that's doing it anyone that approaches him they there's like this whole internal monologue about what's king gonna do i'm gonna anticipate his every move and then they is, is that the king engine and yeah. he, when they say when he's about to fight you hear the roar of an engine and it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's just him really really scared yeah he's just terrified i read a fan theory or i think it was a video i saw somewhere that the uh that king actually has a power and it's like his power is almost like meta luck where it's like reality breaking luck to the point where, like, you, you, you saw Deadpool, yeah? Uh-huh. I think we saw it together, maybe. I don't know. Um, Domino? Domino. That's the character. That's not, my... Luck isn't a superpower. Yes, yes it, it is. is. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, so that so that's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And someone said that his luck is so powerful that um, his meta luck will actually conjure Saitama to where he is. So Saitama was almost... Yeah, but he's been really unlucky to be near other monsters, right? Near, but not killed. That's the thing. You know, he's always been near a monster and his, it's almost, someone actually, the, the same theory described it as almost like a stand. Like Saitama is King Stand. Like he's conjured to That's pretty awesome. the situation. The strongest being, like literally his, his power is to conjure strong beings towards him wherever he's at. And he just happens to be unfortunate or fortunate enough. It's like he's, he's got a fortune type power. It's a fan theory. It was actually super interesting, but King, in short, in reality, is a big old puss. But he's pretty good at one thing. He's insane at video games. He's on he's like god level, like best in the world at video games. And that's the only place Saitama in the season really gets some catharsis himself. Is that King at one point he says, uh, come on, man, just come on. I know you're I know you're you know stressing out about, you know, should I be a hero anymore? Come on over to my place, let's play some video games. And Saitama's like, nah, nah, I don't think that'll help me. I was like, I'll play with only two fingers. Oh, you're fucking on, yeah. dude. dude. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I'm doing this. He gets his ass beat in the game, and then he goes, blows off steam by g- killing massive, like, god-class monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, Some you other may- cool ones. Watchdog Man. What? What is he, dude? What is he? 
So he's, just, I, he's a play on that dog that was always at Shinjuku Station. You remember his, yeah, his owner died, and no then he way. just sits on, the, that, on that statue? Yeah. Wow, I actually did not even put two and two together. Yeah, so uh, okay, and yeah. I'm sure other people don't know this. I appeal to your humble knowledge. My humbly appeal to your knowledge. So as account. a weebology captain. Um, <laughs> we do, wait, we're not professors. We're captains now? <laughs> captain of the weebology professorial department. Choo-choo. <laughs> uh, so there's this dog. I forget the name of it, but I think it was a Shiba Inu, actually. Yeah. In uh, Shinjuku Station, which is the most busy station in Tokyo, subway station. So he would always walk with his owner okay. to the station every morning. His owner would go on the to train, go to work, and then come back, and his dog would still be there. Oh. Well, one, this owner dies, and oh, the dog man. would still go every single day to the station to like follow in the routine. Ethan, I did not sign that permission slip for this field trip. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't sign this. I can't go on this. This is well, giving me. Well, I mean, but every, you know, he got basically adopted by Tokyo. They made like all these shrines to him and stuff, and like everyone would bring him food and like Aww. hang out with the puppy all day. Did I say trip? I meant roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be sick from all these emotions. <laughs> but that's these super cool. Downs. Yeah, so there's actually a statues to him there now at Shinjuku Station. So he, so Watchdog Man is a play on that. Right. I can totally see that. That's so super cool. Watchdog Man's whole thing is he's a guy in a dog costume. I don't get it. Yeah, but, but he's, he's sitting on this like pedestal, mm-hmm. and he's just watching over this one city. He will never move from this city. So basically, I think it's like Q or W city. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Like, it's that one. If he, there's ever a monster in that city, he'll like jump in and do something about it. But anywhere else, he doesn't care unless he's like really, really called in. And imagine the property value living in that particular city about how safe you are because Watchdog Man is an absolute savage. He's an animal. He's an actual <laughs> animal. There's there's a fight where. Uh, him and Garo fight because he finds him in that city and Garo just can't handle him. Right, so Garo, Garo goes to him because he knows where he's going to be because he's always there. <laughs> Easy pickings. he's like, time to take out my second or third S-class hero. And he goes up and just gets absolutely annihilated he's by got, Watchdog. He's man. got like a B-style or not even a B-style, like a dog-style fighting on all fours. And every time that uh, Garl tried to apply that martial art technique, he would just paw it down. Like he would just like be almost like he was doing shake. Yeah, shake, shake, yeah, shake, yeah, shake, yeah. shake, 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 shake. And Garl was just like, wow, I literally can't, I can't touch this guy. <laughs> he's just pawing at every one of my hands like a, like a casual slap. Yeah, he's he's like he's like unbelievably fast, and his reflexes are unbelievable too. And he looks cute as hell. In he does look costume. super cute. He's got that same blank stare as Sai Thomas, so I think maybe he broke a limiter the second he got into a dog yeah, costume. Yeah, I think that must have happened. What do you do to train? I sit, I wait, <laughs> and I protect, and I attack. <laughs> no, so as far as we know, he doesn't even talk. He yeah, just, you wouldn't say it. he's never said a word. He just sits there, blank stare, waiting on the stoop. You wouldn't know it. He almost looks like a gag character. Yeah. Like of how strong he is, but how he looks. So definitely he's a dark horse. He's going to be very potent in other fights, I believe. But at some point, um, Garo does learn his technique. So Garo is that kind of prodigy. Who else we is also pretty meet cool? Fubuki. Just going to say Fubuki, the uh, uh, blizzard from hell or hellish blizzard. or Yeah, hellish blizzard. So she's actually S rank two, uh, terrible tornadoes. Older, older sister? sister? No, younger sister. It's younger sorry. sister. I know. Yeah. Um, Terrible Tornado is like 28. Yeah, and she looks like a little 15-year-old. 
you got to give a lowly bait at the top, you know. Just, you know, you got to rank them. Got to give them at go, the top. One. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, good on you, one. But um, I like, there's a lot actually to Hellish Blizzard's character. Because she is class B rank one. Intentionally. Intentionally. She, I, she could be securely an A. Yeah, she's absolutely. A, he's, given the... So they have the same power. Uh, Terrible Tornado and her are both espers, it's like just telekinetics. A, it's just a different magnitude. Like, yeah. yeah, Terrible Tornado is ungodly strong. Like, we're talking pulling meteors out of the sky with ease, Madara-style shit. Yeah. And uh, Fubuki is still... She's still up there. Like, she can still move, like, building-sized things with her mind, and somehow relies on a box cutter at some point. That was a little weird to me. I don't know why she would do that, but um, I don't, I don't get it. she's a gangster. She is. That's, what, that's the thing. Good good segue, Ethan. Look at you. That's a good segue because she's got like a gang. Like she secures different class B or C heroes. to Like I'll secure you in this spot if you work for me. Right. Essentially, right? So I, I think it's really like a inferiority complex because her older sister oh, yeah. is so much stronger, and she looks older than her older sister. Yeah, she does. So everyone expects her to be way stronger, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of an inferiority thing where she's like, dang, to, you know, what's her name? Sumaki? Sumaki? Tatsumaki the, or Sumaki? Tatsumaki. Tatsumaki. Um, Tatsumaki is so much stronger than me, and she's in the S-class rank too, and I'll never be as strong as her and all that stuff. So what she decides to do is build this gang in class B, where everyone's working for her and she's like the the top of the top because she fears if she goes to A class, she'll just be like just a random anonymous uh, member. And that is a kind of an interesting thing about the way that this right. whole society is set up. It kind of shows how this hero association ranking system is a little bit broken because instead of trying the, – the overall objective is clearly to rise in rank as you gain notoriety and power and achievements and you rise in how good of a hero you can be however fubuki says you know screw all that like let's not why rise and you could just build something where it's easy so she's just this massive gatekeeper for others to go up in rank essentially is that if you unless you hop all the way over which is super rare like genos was the last person to basically do it as we can see you have to rise through the ranks very slowly, and as you approach the top of B, at some point you got to take her guys and her out rank-wise, right? So she just lays this massive gate down. So how do we meet her in the story, Rick? So basically Saitama is just chilling. I think he steals King's game and he's just playing it in their apartment, and Genos answers the door to Fubuki and her goons answering the door, and it's like, hey, is Saitama home? Uh, right, so it's pretty funny so season one saitama's class c yeah season two he becomes class b and that's why that's why fubuki even gets involved and like goes to find him Mm -hmm. so the funny thing is they open the door and they they're met with genos class s 10 rank 10 or 11 or something like that and this blows her mind and they're like what the hell are you doing here yeah (laughs) what are you doing and then they go a little bit further in the room and king's in there Class S rank six or eight or something like that. And they're like, what the heck the hell is are you on? doing here? And then it's Saitama, who the hell are you? Yeah. And they and then uh, I think they both call Saitama master or something like that. And she's like, what? Yeah, I think he said, King said friend. Geno said, I'm his disciple. Yeah. And then she's like, she has like a conniption. She can't even handle like, yeah. what is this? And 
it's funny how he didn't beat her with his rank or power, just with his association and totally shattering her world on what ranking is and how it works. And also he protects her uh, from literally a massive explosion from Genos. So, and he's just brush it's it's Saitama. He's gonna brush it off. Yeah, so nothing hurts him. So I, I'm curious to see where she goes because I think she later in the manga hangs out with them a little bit, which is weird. I think she joins their their little quartet. Oh, the quartet the of Isekai uh, quartet. misfit heroes, I guess. Uh, who else? Like you get a little bit of boom. Uh, Bang's older brother. Bomb. Bomb. Excuse me. Well, boom. Sure. Uh, bang and boom. Bang and boom. Um, but yeah. So he's got a, a totally different fighting style. He's super cool. I forgot what it was called. It's not based on water. It's like crushing steel. Something. Yeah, it's or, like an aggressive kicking style. Basically, it's, it feels more like hard fist karate or yeah, very aggressive fighting style. It's totally different from his brother, but. Uh, he's a cool juxtaposition, and they go together to beat the snot out of Garo. And, you know, all in all, I I really think that the amount of characters they did introduce did elevate the season from what I thought it was going to be. Because, because there wasn't as much... Uh, His style is called Whirlwind Iron Cutting Fist. Oh, nice. Which is kind of dope. That is actually super dope. Oh, we forgot about Metal Bat. That's what I was gonna say. That was Metal actually Bat. the one I wanted to lead in on, but I didn't say him because we got into. We now we got we now we're going right Metal back. Bat is so cool. He's so awesome, man. So he's like this. He's dressed up as like a delinquent high schooler. Yeah, but he has his power is he's got this bat that they specially made for him that can withstand anything. It's essentially vibranium. Right, is what you want to look at it. It's. And his deal is the more battle damage he takes, the stronger he becomes. Mm-hmm, because it's all about his fighting spirit, dude. Right, so he's like the, the double-edged sword of uh, One Punch Man Hero Association. And to put it in perspective, uh, Garo is strong enough to take out low-level S-class heroes for sure. If it weren't for Metal Bat's one true weakness, he would. he, he was literally milliseconds away from crushing Garo because he'd already taken enough battle damage to probably kill anybody else. He could swing the bat hard enough and fast enough to just knock over a building from the shockwave. What's his one true weakness, Ethan? So he can't do anything violent when his sister's in the air. He's such a good big bro. <laughs> good big Oni-chan. But, so his little sister demands him not to do any fighting hero stuff and he is basically a, sis- a sister's boy i guess like i don't know how it works and it's she- like ghost from black clover mm-hmm. she's got him whipped yeah it's like ghost from uh black clover if marie knew yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if marie was like brother get my well, food kind of does does she yeah but hers is definitely not as yeah, not, weirdly malicious as yeah, his little sister's. The little is. sister was hilarious. But uh, so that was pretty interesting. That was actually one of a, like a cool still in that episode when Metal Bat like had sped, like blitzed up behind Garo and was like coming down on him, and Garo was actually sweating that he yeah, was going to so get crushed. Yeah, so the bat's crushed. like basically almost on his face, and then his sister basically says, "Let's go," and he cracks like, the ground behind him right. and says, "Fine, all right, bye," and he walks away. Just peace. <laughs> but the, the kind of other funny part about that is he was actually fighting Elder Centipede, and Garo just he gets blasted across the or uh, Metal Bat gets blasted across the city, right? And then Garo walks up and is like, "Oh, how lucky! Let's fight!" And he's like, "I'm kind of dealing with this right now. I can't fight you. <laughs> I got and, this uh, to deal Garo with." Garo basically wouldn't let him like 
go back to the fight with Elder Centipede, so they ended up battling. That's a good point, because he is already fighting a dragon-level monster, and then after being beat up, he then fights Garo and almost wins. Right. So that's how Unreal... They, they, there are people that are like stat books and stuff have said that his power could potentially be unlimited, but he has to be basically inches from death to get to that point. Right. So I'd be curious to see like him versus Saitama, but you know how that's going to end, you know? Yeah, so I think, you know, characters like him really bring up this weird thing within the uh, Hero Association where... You know, Genos is ranked fairly high, mm-hmm. but he never gets out of a battle like with a victory or without being like basically torn apart. Yeah, people like Metal Bat, Prairie Prairie Prisoner, and all these things put in like really awesome, uh, like showings of of their strength and all that, and they We're don't about... even get you know they don't get bumped up above Genos or anything like that. Right, I think it's just because Genos is cool as hell. Yeah, Genos had an interesting showing this season. I mean, he I had liked a- his cut off uh, sweatshirt. Oh yeah, he had a cut off hoodie. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that boy is an edge lord. <laughs> yeah, he got new parts. He got faster. You know, he's he's still in your your basic shonen protagonist kind of adventure. But I, I think what was interesting about Genos in this season as of as opposed to last season is he was in the last season the poster child for the typical shonen protagonist you know uh progression of power and stuff like that and uh strength you know he had an a near death moment or he had a moment of clarity in terms of philosophy and then he got stronger in a very literal sense cuz he literally just got new parts he didn't grow right. technically he just got new parts this season to me the one who did that the best was Garo. Garo had the journey of your shonen protagonist, and why I think the highlight for me of this season was his journey into power. For sure, because it wasn't. It was everything was identical to like Midoriya or Naruto in terms of how they do it mentally. Like I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through with my will. But he's doing it from what he perceives as the right thing, which is from the villain or the monster side. And that was an interesting thing to explore in this season. Yeah. And I I think by far his fight was the coolest out of anything we got to see. Oh yeah. I think probably his fight was number one. Then metal bat was probably the second cool fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think probably Siryu was the other cool fight. Siryu that, that actually to me, and I know people may be out there disagreeing because it was a cool fight to watch. But if you look at those panels, man, they could have, ooh, they could have milked it. They could have put some real sock gun. There's a couple moments in it that was awesome. Um, that line that Saitama says when it blows his clothes off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I felt like they could have made that fight twice as long, and they it would have uh, exponentially had much better reception. It is probably positively received. It was a good fight, but I was really hoping, man, for some real milking with that animation. Yeah, but I think... You know, a problem with a character like uh, Saitama, which is also a problem that Superman has in DC Comics, is, you know, you can't really make interesting fights with somebody who's invincible and stronger than anyone else. Right. That's a good point. What they do a lot of times in DC is they have him kind of holding back so he's not destroying cities with his punches and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he has this this character um, choice about him where he basically does his best not to kill people, right? Yeah. Because he's a hero. Uh-huh. Well, in certain um, 
like different DC movies, there's some villains that come out and they say, well, I'm like bloody strong. I think his name is like Blackpool Jack. What the hell was that? <laughs> it's literally his Is accent. it really? <laughs> Blackpool Jack or something. I thought you were just giving him a cool accent no, just for funsy. He like is taunting Superman. Superman's like, oh, you're a big boy and you can take it, huh? And he takes his limiters off and just Fs him up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and I've so seen. I, I, I think, think I've seen that fight on YouTube. Yeah, I yeah. Think it's kind of similar to Saitama, and I think they should, they should have him holding back, like make it very obvious to the like you, uh, the viewer, that okay. he's holding back, mm-hmm. because I think it would be it would make those kinds of fights make more sense. It's like, you know, he does say it a lot of times that he he accidentally overdoes it and beats him in one kick or beats him in one punch. Yeah. And he had joined that tournament just to look at other martial artists and to like learn what the deal is with it basically. That was actually a super funny part. It's like, so I think I understand what martial arts is finally. And and it's just moving around in a really cool way, right? Like it's a finisher <laughs> move. I wanna do it. I'm gonna spin around. Oops, butt hit ends the fight accidentally. Um but you had a really good point. Is that he that the the they should make him seem like he's holding back some, but I like that because he is so strong, his holding back is already stronger than anybody else. Like, even though him putting a limiter on where he's at now, there is a guidebook that I saw someone had on a YouTube channel that he uh, apparently once says that he progresses so fast at a rate that he can defeat the person he was yesterday every day. That's how fast he is growing at this point. It's exponential. So it's, I think I love the idea that he's like, okay, I'm going to hold back and tries and pulls some crazy feet. And he's like, damn it. I tried. I really, really tried to hold, to hold it in. Um, yeah. I just think, um, you know, when you make a character that freaking strong, you know, it, like Goku literally toys with people. That's the only reason that he's ever really in danger is he never starts off the strongest. Right. So they're, they're all out for the thrill. Just like, you know, Superman is now for the thrill, but I mean, if you watch those movies, like any of the movies they made, it's like kind of hard to believe that there's ever really a concern because he's infinitely fast, he's infinitely strong, he's yeah. got heat vision, he can freeze <laughs> you with his breath, like it's just like... He can eat know. a Hot Pocket without burning his mouth, which right? is insane, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, there's not really a whole lot of stakes when you're that freaking strong. The man is that good, when you're that strong. When you're the man of steel. When you're the man of freaking steel. Freaking but here so that's i guess it's a good point is at the that's why i think they did a good job with this season after finally finishing it is they realized that the allure of ending every fight in one punch may have worn off you have a whole wealth of a world to explore go explore it you know what are monsters doing now they're kind of undercutting the hero association by making their own association. Ha ha, take that. There are so many other heroes in the world as well that deserve their own credence and backstory and stuff like that. The one thing I wanted to ask you that I was thinking on, uh, thinking about on the way here too, do you feel that One Punch Man being a commentary on the Shonen genre in, in general was probably what made it super popular? Did they kind of undo that by having a plot line in the second season, so reminiscent of a shonen plotline. You know, this is essentially a shonen show now. It's not even making fun of itself anymore. It's not making fun of anything anymore. I don't know. I think you're going to find, you know, 
we're going to like have all this drama and stuff going on. And then it's like, it's still funny because it means nothing to Saitama. Like if he's involved, it's over. Exactly. So you feel that they, they're going to have to pull farther and farther away from Saitama being the center of this show. Is it even about the one punch man anymore? You know, it's, it was almost like Garo, the show, which I'm not saying is bad. I'm not saying it's necessarily I didn't like it. It was a really enjoyable season. I mean, I think they're just trying to build up somebody to give Saitama like any ounce of joy out of his world. That's a good point. I think he's going to end up fighting him at the end. They're both going to go back and forth a bunch, and then Saitama's going to have one tear drip down and just be smiling. And just happy like, and then, I finally and serious, struggled serious again. Punch. So, yeah, like, all right, full out punch and the world cracks in half. Yeah. Whoopsie. And then and then you're going to see like a fourth wall break where the animation's going to like spaz out. A and fist then... comes out of your television and you just, <laughs> like, I, I just lost my Sony. What oh, the hell? Damn it. Saitama. God, one, how dare you? <laughs> this is your fault. So, yeah, that, that's the one thing I'm, I'm thinking is at some point there's going to be a moment where. It's gonna. It feels like the story is gonna pull so far away from Saitama. There may be entire episodes where you don't even see him. There's just he's just not even gonna be on screen. Which to me is good and bad. I guess I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that because it's just the way I see it. But would you would you care if Saitama didn't show up for like three episodes? Would you care? I mean, I would care just because I'm watching the show for Saitama. I'm not watching the show for many other people. Right. But I think. If he does go away or whatever, they'll just give you kind of a, it's like a snapshot into what the rest of the world thinks, because you got to remember the rest of the world doesn't think of Saitama as being the strongest man in the world. Yeah, now only a handful know. Right. Only like a lot of the top end S class heroes know that he's insane. And some of them don't even know that. Like Terrible Tornado doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I think she she eventually does. No spoilers, but. She I mean, eventually she's wins. got to eventually, right? Yeah. I think I'll tell you one part of this season I I disliked. Okay. Do you remember when they're uh, the, all the sword masters they meet up? Oh yeah, that's kind of where they introduce the monster cells, right? Yeah, they they introduce monster cells where basically if you eat these cells, you turn in yourself into a monster. Okay. Well, the four swordsmen, one of them being number four or five, I think it is, Atomic Samurai. Yeah. Are like the four master swordsmen and like three other randos. They're sitting around the council and they're like, hey, we got to go kill this Garo guy because he's effing with some of our students or something like that. Something like that happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the guys goes, I'm joining the monsters and he eats the cell and he goes, no. And then uh, Atomic Samurai instantly kills him. Yeah. Like instantly diffusing any, any like thought that there might have been a stake to that whole scenario. And so, like, it was just, like, a weird thing. They were talking about how worried they were about it and all this stuff. And, like, I think that was I need your help. And then Atomic Samurai just instantly one-shots him. And it's like, there's no reason that you needed to get any help. I think the whole point, I think that whole entire scene was just to introduce the concept and the offering of the monster cells. And that's all that was meant to be there. Yeah, but they do that later at the at this tournament. Now, was, you, I, now, I, think you have a, now I think you have a point. Yeah, there's just, like, why why are we seeing this right now? But... It was like an unnecessary ass five minutes, except for Atomic Samurai is cool. Atomic Samurai is cool. He is one of my faves. However, he's kind of an elitist. He's like, he's like you can't even shake my hand to Saitama in season <laughs> one. You can't. You literally can't even shake my hand until you're, until you're like a rank. So, um, piss off. He's please. like Nabunga from uh, Hunter Hunter. 
they yeah. honestly have the exact same character. Honestly, the hair and the look and everything. And the little uh, reed that they're both biting on. Wow. Like the same character. One, I got some questions for you, dude. It's the same character. It's the same character. <laughs> Question is answered. Yeah. Um, As to Naruto. <laughs> same, yeah, same thing. Same thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, final thoughts. Where where were you hoping? Where do you hope that this this show goes in like their season two part two? I know you really haven't read any of the manga, right? Correct. Uh, I have. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? Because as as of right now, again, this doesn't even feel like a spoiler saying out of my mouth. You know that Gara was on his way. He was invited to go to the Monsters Association because we like your work, kid. Your resume is pretty sweet. Why don't you come on in and step on into our office and see our manager? And Gara was like, um, no, fuck you, but thank you. Uh, cordially, kindly, uh, get out of my face. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think... Uh... But they take him there because he's nearly beaten to death, so they take him to... Uh, he's on his way to the Monster HQ in Z City where, coincidentally, Saitama is living as well because no one else is strong enough to live there. <laughs> right. Um... What do you what do you hope that this goes? As someone who's not read the yeah, the I, I don't know. I think at this point it's pretty much obvious they need to stop bringing anyone that's not A rank, level five or above to any of these fights with the monsters because mm-hmm. it seems like they've somehow just catapulted way, way, way above. And so we we see throughout the sh- out this season a lot of the lower than A rank five are getting their shit just completely rocked. That's a good point. So. You know, and honestly, they showed a lot of characters this season, and so like I'm actually good not seeing too many more of those guys below A5. But <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I think there's still a lot of S class heroes we have not met. True. And Who's your like, cutoff? Is machine uh, is machine gun Gatling or death death Gatling or whatever his name is? Yeah. He's like your cutoff. Probably. He, that's it. Anyone anyone lower than him get get out of my world? I could buy that. Um, I mean, honestly, maybe even anyone below a my mask because ooh. well, because the rest of them can't Water. beat anyone. Like it's it's insane that the power scale between A and S is unreal. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, just I think that was a good way that they handled that yeah. because while it did kind of obsolete everyone underneath A one A one except maybe Fubuki, um, I think honestly. It just shows what happens when these monsters got organized. The same way when the heroes did. Right. Yeah. Even B class, uh, class Bs were doing some stuff in season one, you know? Like, they were finishing right, monsters right. off. But now that they're organized, I don't know. Gonna, something's yeah, gonna it ain't happen. happening anymore. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I really want to see a lot more of the S class guys. Because I know even even the ones that we saw in season one, like Period Pre Prisoner, do get really strong. And, like, they learn new abilities and stuff like that. And right. I think what's cool about like Saitama as a character is he's going to be a driving force for these guys who think they're crazy strong to get stronger and like to continue getting bigger and better. It's got a very Asta kind of thing to it, right? Super does. Yeah. So everyone, everyone around Asta and the Black Bulls are very, uh, they're very pushed to be stronger by his presence. And Saitama's almost lack thereof, like his instant show up and leave, is kind of driving there, like. Uh, perception of what is strong right they just got knocked down more than the several pegs you know um but i love this season what about you man you know it was fun I, mm-hmm. it was a fun season it was a fun season and like i said you you get the kickbacks today dude you got those kickbacks you were right from day one um, i will accept reviews on our podcast <laughs> as, as kickbacks <laughs> as payments you've won the kickbacks for today because you you did you honestly nailed it from the beginning that 
Um, you know, someone who likes animation, it's it's like coming off of like a like a your first hit, like of a, like a high or something crazy, because season one was just such a whirlwind. It was insane. But then season two, with despite being good, and also a draw a step back at the same time, you're not there f- for that anymore. You're now there for an overarching plot. You're there for new characters. You're there for a little bit of world world building. Well, it may have lost a little bit of that new magic that, oh, I've never seen anything like this before in anime. In season two, the plot carried it without a doubt, and it was it'll, it will definitely make me coming back for season two, part two, or, or season three, because I'll definitely put the time However in. they play it. However they play it, you know. Let's honestly, let's let's just, I want a little consistency. I don't even care that it was a step down from whatever studio did it before Madhouse to JC staff. They did a good job. Just don't change studios again. I don't want an aesthetic change again. And Bones is back. Bones is back, three. baby. Ooh, what are they doing this? What are they doing this uh, fall season? Weren't we looking at something that we're just doing? Oh, My Hero Academia. Yeah. Duh. Duh. My Duh. Hero 4. Ooh, so excited about that. Yeah, guys, so thank you so much for listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, Stitcher clearly. and a lot of other ones. <laughs> also, go ahead and check out our new Instagram page. It is popping with good memes. We're going to post uh, stories about us recording, uh, you know, just content every so often. We're also going to be doing a weekly sneak peek of the episode coming out, I think we decided. Right. And uh, you can go basically... Catch a little bit of our new visual style that we'll be doing. We got uh, we're gonna be up in our visual game, so to speak. Definitely, we've been working on thumbnails for our YouTube channel too. If you want to go take a ganders, a yeah. lot of those will be kind of a uh, just another version of the podcast, but also some uh, endemic videos as well. Are you hinting at new content, Ethan? New content. I'm literally Goyos shaking with excitement. And Goyos. Goyos. <laughs> yeah, Ethan gets all the kickbacks today. Those thumbnails are super cool. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to us. Please give us five stars on a- on uh, Apple. On Yapple. On and Yapple. write us a review. On Yapple. You and know. we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, the more reviews you get, if we get enough reviews, we're going to start maybe doing some user input episodes, which should be super fun. Answer some of your questions. So if you have a question we want to talk about, we will uh, read up, study up, and give you a lecture on the topic you want. Right. So, anything else? Nothing else? No, I think I'm good. Well, I'm Ricky. <laughs> and I'm Ethan. And this has been Weebology. Uh, Deuces! Arigato, my dude. <laughs> Sayonara, you mean bye. Oh, never mind! <laughs>